Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. This is October 31st, according to the calendars we use. In the year 2020, again, according to the calendars we use. So this day is known variously as Halloween, what I refer to as Hell-oween, but also Reformation Day or Reformation Day. Reformation hearkening back 503 years, if you will, back to Dr. Martin Luther or Luther's 95 theses that he fastened to the castle church in Wittenberg, Germany. Just over 500 years ago, five centuries. Oh, that was back when people were ignorant. You know, back before we were so advanced and sophisticated. So, in a manner of speaking, began what is referred to as the Reformation, what has been known as the Reformation. Now, there are all manner of high and mighty, influential, prestigious people, influencers of one sort or another, who espouse what they may describe as being reformation pertaining to the civil unrest, the societal breakdown in the United States of America and the free world, the so-called democratic nations, all of which are socialist to some degree. All. From Israel up through Europe and Scandinavia and the UK and over to Canada, down through the United States, Mexico, Central America, Latin America, and then hopping across the Pacific Ocean to Asia, to places such as South Korea, Japan, Philippines, and so forth. breakdown of society is spanning the globe. And this wonderful COVID-19 pandemic has certainly furthered the process. It has been very helpful. Now, the powers that be behind the scenes have been pushing and promoting their agendas forever and a day. But their agendas are not of their making, per se. They fine-tuned them, they tweaked them, and what have you. But the originating ideas go back much further, not as far back as Martin Luther and the Reformation, no. But go back into the 1700s and on up to the present. 
as I have referenced time and time and time again. But what is taking place, what some would refer to deliberately, premeditatedly, errantly, falsely, dishonestly, fraudulently, what is taking place is the furthest thing from a reformation. It is a deformation. So very many professing Christians insist on embracing a certain doctrine, which is false, and which is known as a pre-tribulation rapture, when in fact there's going to be a rupture, not rapture. Well, here we have not reformation but deformation. Martin Luther came on the scene and experienced, by the grace of God, experienced a personal transformation. So he went from being one who slavishly served the Roman Catholic Church abomination to one who opposed the corruption, the depravity, the wickedness of the Roman Catholic institution and one who preached the word of God. This day, what does this day mark? This every year, this annual celebration known as Halloween, celebrating wickedness, celebrating evil, Celebrating witchcraft, warlocks, druids, devils. How is it celebrated? Well, it, of course, is celebrated in public schools (laughs) when they're in session and what have you. With great expenditures, Halloween is actually... Last I knew, it was the number one... celebrated so-called holiday. But it is the antithesis, the opposite of a holy day. It is exceedingly unholy. It is diametrically opposed to holiness. But public education, public schools have no problem with Halloween. Christmas, that's a different matter. You know, sparkly holiday, winter holiday, whatever. But Halloween, no problem. It is most favored holiday and with greatest expenditure. And little children, innocent little children, are encouraged, of course, to celebrate it. And understandably, they do. They are led by these who oppose truth, oppose Christianity, oppose good, and instead encourage wickedness. What are some of the things that down through the years have taken place on Halloween? Oh, little things like kidnap, rape, torture, murder of girls and young women. 
and of animals and what have you. you know, so-called sacrifices to Satan. Unspeakable evil. But here we are 500 years approximately post-Reformation. The Reformation, the period of time of the Reformation took place over a period of time, over a number of years. I would say decades, but five centuries since then. And there was never a time on the face of the earth since the Lord Jesus instituted the church, not the Roman Catholic institution, but the church. There's never been a time when there was greater need for reformation. Now, going back to then, going back 2,000 years ago, the need was not reformation. The need was formation. But there's never been a greater need for reformation. Something took care of a, uh, <laughs> an ongoing dispute. What was going to happen? Something took uh, place here this week, the beginning of this week, that answered that, even though the answer was already known what it would be, concerning a certain Supreme Court vacancy, United States Supreme Court vacancy occasioned by the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who has been being celebrated as a wonderful, wise, magnificent, brave, outstanding woman, jurist, leader, and what have you. With t-shirts and sweatshirts printed up to honor her and to encourage others to follow her infamous lead. What kinds of things did she champion in her sainted life? Oh, induced abortion, legalized prostitution, including of children, little things, you know. <laughs> the sodomite agenda, performing a so-called marriage ceremony, a sodomite perversion of marriage immediately after the Supreme Court wickedly ruled that sodomites could not be prevented from marrying, that marriage pertained to sodomites. Kamala Harris did the same thing. Immediately after, she performed such a service. <laughs> While the President Barack Hussein Obama in Air Force One phoned the litigants, or plaintiffs, and the poster boys, poster 
children, if you will. You know, the poster child, but these were men of a sort. And he phoned them and he celebrated with them. He honored them. We're so proud of you guys. Proud of abomination. Barack Hussein Obama was proud of it, was a promoter of it. As is true for his former vice president, Joseph Biden. As is true for Joseph Biden's running mate, Kamala Harris, who again performed a sodomite, so-called wedding perversion of marriage service immediately after that decision came down from that vaunted court, the United States Supreme Court. But this past Monday, there was a vote on a justice, an associate justice to take the place, to fill the vacancy created by the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed, 52 to 48. After a great deal of hubbub and brouhaha and hoopla and everything about it. Why was the vote that close? Why was there so much opposition to her? Was it because of lack of qualification? This woman who graduated summa cum laude as high as you can graduate from University of Notre Dame Law School, later became a law professor at University of Notre Dame's Law School, or Notre Dame University's Law School. But she clerked for Antonin Scalia, began doing so only 22 years ago. This is a young woman, the youngest, I believe, that there has been, age 48. And, again, she was opposed not because of lack of qualification, not because of lack of intellect, not because of lack of experience, having been a federal judge now for three years after having been appointed three years ago, having clerked for U.S. Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, having been a law school professor at Notre Dame University Law School, having been a judge and having been a federal judge. Now, if she had been leftist, if she had been left-wing, if she had been socialist, if she had been sodomite agenda-promoting, they would have been demanding she be confirmed. But no. Instead, there was as much obstruction to her appointment as there could be. But 
President Trump in what may well be his last opportunity to fill a vacancy on the Supreme Court. He held firm and he insisted on getting Amy Coney Barrett confirmed. Senate Majority Leader Mitch Connell, McConnell, pardon, Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, who, to my way of thinking, has a weak appearance, personal appearance, has actually proven himself time and time and time again to be a very strong, very effective leader. An outstanding leader in the Senate, outstanding Senate Majority Leader. And of course, there's enormous Democrat pressure to try to turn him out of office, to cause his defeat for re election for the U.S. Senate. I don't know whether those efforts will succeed, hopefully not, but if they do, then this would be Mitch McConnell's last opportunity for some time to have a pivotal role in marshalling a confirmation of a United States Supreme Court nominee. And he did not fail. There are some people who will, of course, be euphoric. Oh, this is outstanding. This means thus and such. Well, hang on, people. Hold on. (laughs) Amy Barrett, her bio, pictures a woman who certainly gives every evidence of being truly outstanding. Now, it has been stated time and again that she and her husband, a former federal prosecutor, have seven children. They're all younger than 20 years of age. Of those children, though, they were not all begotten by her husband, conceived, and born by Amy. Two of them are adopted from Haiti. She, of course, would be being canonized by the left if she were leftist for this. What a saintly woman. And then they have a young son with Down's syndrome whom she carries downstairs in the mornings. She volunteers at her children's grade school. And she again becomes the youngest justice on the bench of the United States Supreme Court. But hold your horses. There are leftist 
activist, socialist activist, sodomite activist, judges, justices, perverse justices on the court with life appointments. And there are mushy middle judges on the court. And so much evil has been accomplished throughout the court system, not just at the U.S. Supreme Court level, but throughout the judiciary, throughout the court system of this nation. And it's not going to be reversed overnight, if ever, in this nation. I will take a step further and I'll say this, even though It certainly, this would seem defeatist. It will never, this tidal wave of evil will never be reversed in this nation. How do I know that? I know that because of my understanding of what is coming, what looms ahead based on that archaic instrument, the Holy Bible. Back to Catholicism, wonderful Catholic institution, the Grand Poobah, so-called Pope Francis, he has called for the creation of civil union laws for sodomites. That is, men with men, women with women. That's what sodomy is. He has called for the institution of, the creation of, the institution of civil union laws. Putting the stamp of approval on such abomination. What would you expect from the head of Roman Catholicism worldwide? Uh, It's just... Something else. The perversion of language goes hand in hand with the perversion of culture, the perversion of society. But the perversion of language precedes. It leads the way. It holds the hand of perversion of culture and society, but it leads the way. So there was, of course, once upon a time, the perversion of the word gay to be used by sodomites. There was, of course, this matter of relegating the term queer to hate speech. Now, queer is a term that I've never used pertaining to sodomites. And it's a word that used to be used the way the terms weird, strange, odd are used. The word queer was used. It had similar meaning, but it also was used by some to refer to sodomite. Oh, it was terrible, it was discriminatory, it was hate speech. 
but gay, so they take another term, okay? (laughs) They criminalize one word, queer. It just didn't have the right sound, you know? But then they take, they seize, they take hostage another word, gay, and use it to take the place of queer. And they promote it and advance it (laughs) and insist on it so that all of the right-thinking people, all of the leftists, socialists, sodomite, adjacent people insist on using it throughout corporate America and the government, federal, state, municipal, whatever, gay. Even though it's a perversion of the word to dress up, to give window dressing to sodomites. But along with gay, of course, the term lesbian, because that was preferable (laughs) to sodomite, the biblical term. And then the cluster of terms, LGBT. Occasionally, GLBT, but standing for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, sodomites. But now that's been expanded to LGBTQ, Q meaning queer. And then, then they have a little, you know, a footnote also questioning, but queer. And now they've expanded it beyond that. LGBTQIA+. <laughs> it is profoundly profane and degraded and debased. And the entertainment industry in the United States of America insists on promoting this and on expressing their overt sensitivity for this and their desire to represent it and to acquire screenplays and what have you that are written by such and that promote such values The publishing industry does the same. Myriad literary agents, agencies, do the same. Emphasizing their championing of these causes, these cause celebs. These marginalized and underrepresented populations. And of course, now they've added a new one, BIPOC. B-I-P-O-C, right? Black indigenous people of color and so on and so forth. Oh, my. And own voices. All of these buzzwords, all of this code, and insisting on promoting them, promoting these minorities, so-called. They're minorities when they want them to be. And they're majorities when they want them to be. 
You see, the left would have been insisting that Amy Coney Barrett was a member of a minority, even though women outnumber men, but would have been insisting that if she were the right kind of woman, you know, (laughs) their kind of woman judge justice. But it's ironic because the entertainment industry, Hollywood, has been notorious for so very long, has been notorious and synonymous with disproportionate representation by sodomites. Disproportionately heavy representation by sodomites. So it is just a trifle disingenuous. It is a trifle less than honest, less than factual fraud being put out there that, oh no, they need to give greater representation to these marginalized underrepresented populations when in fact there's extremely heavy representation overrepresentation and has been for decades but it fits their narrative narratives are so important before i continue let me say this i'm brad thomas and this is after all is said and done And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, unworthy, that is on me, that is due to me, that is my fault. Perchance, the name, and I, the pronunciation is up for grabs, Yosef Mengele. Yosef Mengele. Perhaps that name rings a bell. Probably not, because normally the pronunciations used are something like Joseph Mengele, Joseph Mengele, Joseph Mengel, and so on and so forth. Who was this fellow? He was termed by some as the angel of death. Todesengel. The angel of death. That's rather dramatic or melodramatic, as the case may be. A doctor, a medical man, a man of medicine. An officer, SS officer, at the Auschwitz concentration camp of the Nazis. Adolf Hitler suspended the Hippocratic Oath during the Third Reich. But of course... The Hippocratic Oath is not used, by and large, anymore. It's 
antiquated. It's old. It's archaic. We don't need that. Would the Hippocratic Oath, were it still used? Were it still sworn to? Would that prevent evil being done in the name of medicine? No. However, it would offer somewhat, (laughs) at least of an intellectual bulwark against the evils. But back to Mengele. What evils did he do? Well, he had a particular interest in finding and locating sets of twins. And no, not just any twins. He was particularly interested in identical twins. And he performed horrendous, sadistic, satanic experiments on them. After keeping them from being merely expunged, gassed, and cremated, he kept them for his experiments and his operations. He gave them candy and he treated them with VIP favor until... He had used them for his purposes. His deadly experiments. He did not confine himself to identical twins or to twins. He performed monstrous torturous operations and experiments on others, such as dwarfs and so forth. But just an unspeakable satanic monster. Who took pleasure in destroying innocence. In destroying Pregnant women and their babies and so forth. Just absolutely unspeakable. Well, so what? That was back then. That was during World War II. That was the Nazis. What does that have to do with today, let alone in the U.S. of A.? In the United States of America, Government-funded so-called research permits the wrong sex hormones being given to children as young as eight years of age. This is old information. This is 2019. There are cases of it being given to children as young as seven, but 
testosterone to girls as young as eight. Estrogen to boys as young as seven. Dr. Michael Laidlaw spoke concerning this a year ago. Speaking of these so-called hormonal treatments and surgical interventions, so-called, that have been and continue to be performed on children. Children who have been led to believe that they are the wrong sex from what they're supposed to be. Where do they get such ideas? Where do such ideas come from? Well, guess what? Adoption of children by sodomites is not separate from this. Shocker there, huh? Medical doctors administering these treatments, so-called, advocate these unspeakable evils to be performed on increasingly younger children, ever younger. Girls as young as 13 and 14 years of age being subjected to double mastectomies, dual mastectomies, not in Auschwitz, but in the United States of America, in children's hospitals. Seventeen-year-old boys, eighteen-year-old boys, with penises of prepubescent boys because of having been administered Puberty blockers, or puberty blockers, if you prefer. Unspeakable evil, not from Auschwitz, not from Josef Mengele. But courtesy of medical professionals, courts, judges, doctors, surgeons... In the United States of America, at prestigious hospitals, medical centers, children's hospitals. There's this term, this fanciful term that's been created, gender identity. Again, children as young as eight, as seven, receiving injections for so-called gender transition treatments. That figure of speech, that phrase, it was defined in a court case as being a person's. Not a child's, not a little child's, a person's core internal sense 
of their own gender and that it was the primary factor of their sex, of their gender, not biology. That this made-up abomination gender identity was the principle, the primary determinant factor in determining a person's sex, not their biology. And that is used to mutilate and maim and destroy these children. No blood test, no genetic testing, no DNA testing, no brain imaging scans can find, can locate, can detect a gender identity. There is no objective scientific test to diagnose this. This is known as soft science. The stuff of psychology, psychiatry. And yet, these extremely harmful, damaging, evil, so-called therapy, are being given to these children. If these evils had been done in Auschwitz, Joseph Mengele would have been found guilty for crimes against humanity on the basis of these alone. But these are new and improved advances in the United States of America. If you imagine that this nation is not under the judgment of God for this, if you imagine that we can just, oh, God bless America, and that God will go on doing it, Your imagination is exceedingly and excessively (laughs) well-developed. Puberty blockers, irreversible hormones, maiming, mutilating surgery. It's a zero-sum game. Women in their early 20s, without religious extremism, have sought to return to their biological sex. How is it possible that adults, that adults can foist these evils upon impressionable little children? Not 18-year-olds. They should be 
I've always been absolutely horrified at the evils that are allowed to be done to young people. But this is children. Unspeakable. And they cannot give meaningful consent. And God will judge this nation, does judge this nation. The likes of this monstrous Dr. and Georgiulis and Judge Mary Brown and their intended monstrous evil destruction of James Younger, one of twin boys begotten by their father, born by this and Georgiulis who's done everything in her power, courtesy of the court system, courtesy of the Coons Law Firm, the biggest family law firm in Texas. Everything in their power to destroy this little boy. Eight years old now, I believe, And all should pray for him. But back to the Hippocratic Oath. What about the Hippocratic Oath? Well, it includes such nuggets as this. Quote, I will abstain from all intentional wrongdoing and harm. End quote. But of course, these evil ones, they can say this isn't wrongdoing, this isn't harm. So you see, they can sidestep that entirely by the perversion of language. Quote, above all, I must not play at God, end quote. Is that plain enough? I must not play at God above all. I must not play at God. But our evil Western nations permit this. And we are under the judgment of God for it. Oh, brother, that is so, that's just, you know, so judgmental of you. No. (laughs) But this sodomite agenda has been pushed and promoted for decades and decades and decades, and this is the fruit of it. Make no mistake about it, this is the fruit of it. But this is why it's so critically important to see to it that young people be prevented from even being exposed to the Ten Commandments in schools. Yes, let's celebrate Halloween and do all manner of evils to these children in the name of medical science, in the name of progress. 
Of course, supposedly this nation and the other Western nations, but especially this nation, are suffering under this blight of intransigent, pervasive, anti-black racism. Really. If you want to find where in the world Blacks suffer overwhelmingly the most. It is, drumroll please, Africa, the African continent. And they suffer from blacks. Again, back to these narratives, these wonderful narratives. (laughs) I don't have the exact figures per, you know, whatever exact authorities we have, such as the census and what have you. But rest assured of this, in terms of demographics, the number of people in the United States of America that not identify with black, but are black, are African-American, are African in lineage to some degree. It is something in the low teens, low teens. You wouldn't know it from television. Have you noticed the advertisement? Have you seen what's being promoted? If you go back to the Clinton administration, he had the cabinet that looked like America, supposedly. You know, it was the narrative they wanted to promote. Well, the narrative that's being promoted throughout the United States of America is that the population is much more heavily black than it is. That's useful for their agenda. But furthermore, this promotion of interracial black and white marriages, couples, families. Verizon with a commercial with four couples, two of which they have black men and white women, one of which is a white man and an Asian, Oriental Asian woman, Japanese, South Korean, what have you. (laughs) Out of four, this is three of the couples. But that's just a drop in the bucket. These advertisements are everywhere. And Hallmark Channel has gotten heavily in the act of this, promoting this. As if this is normative, as if this is the norm. This is what should be. This is what (laughs) everyone wants. It is indoctrination. Propaganda used to indoctrinate the people. To blind, to corrupt, to subvert, to pervert the population. If ever there was a time when this nation and all Western nations, all former Christendom, desperately needed reformation, it is now. 
That being said, I would state it is far too late for that. Some would say, no, that's just being too pessimistic. How many babies have been slaughtered? 75 million in the United States of America, give or take, since legalization by the United States Supreme Court in 1973 with Roe v. Wade, Dovey Bolton, something to that. I would say it's too late. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.